There are those right now that are questioning whether you can withstand the big man. I don't care about those people, man. I don't care about those people that aren't Starcrave and Hulkamaniacs. I could care less what they think. I'm fighting for life, brother. I'm fighting for all those people that have remolded their lives, man. Modeled after Hulkamania. Get their priorities in order, man. Walk around with a lot of pride. As far as those people that are on Andre the Giant's side, I wish they'd come on down, too. I'd like to slap them around just for a warm-up. But I've already gone through my transformation, man. I'm ready for Pontiac, Michigan. I'm not the Hulk anymore. I'm the Hulkster, man. Look into my eyes, man. Hulk, Hulk. I'm on that mountaintop. Back off, little man. I'm on that mountaintop, and I'm waiting for you, Andre. And I'm guarding that mountain. And the Hulkster that's guarding has got a 32-inch neck, a 64-inch chest, the largest arms in the world. Welcome to the Pull Apart Podcast. This is Josh Heiser here with Live from Piper's Pit, James Prophet. And we are here covering part two of Andre the Giant versus Hulk Hogan. So Josh, I'm from Piper's Pit because I didn't know if we would touch on that enough in this episode. What do you think? <laughs> there, I feel like uh, Ronnie Piper is the third character in this feud. Yeah, absolutely. So in the clips they always show of this feud, there's always the trophy ceremony, Andre turning on Hogan, and then Hogan accepting that all happened on Piper's Pit. What they usually leave out is there are a ton of more segments on Piper's Pit with both Hogan and Andre. So the Piper's Pit uh, motif for this feud pretty much stayed steady the whole time. It was the avenue for this feud. And... uh that's fine by me. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Um, as far as uh, gateway into this intro, or intro, sorry, this uh, feud. Sorry, James, I'm just going to start that over. <laughs> uh, as far as uh, a gateway into this feud, you know, I think I said last episode, Hogan and Andre weren't really my dudes growing up, but Piper was. So it's a nice, um, friendly face for me. Yeah, yeah. He, uh, Piper's awesome. He was my favorite wrestler for a long time when I was a kid. So one of my top ten favorites to this day. Um, so yeah, more Piper's always good. <laughs> yeah. So we are starting with the Piper's Pit from Valentine's Day, 1987. Mm-hmm. James, do you remember where you were on Valentine's Day, 1987? You know what? I have no idea. <laughs> yeah, I was three. So I was I at home. <laughs> I saw Hogan in the hallway I said Hogan are you coming on the pit there will be nobody else there he just ladies and gentlemen the world's heavyweight champion Hulk Hogan yo yo look at me Oh, I don't understand something, man. Look at me in the eye, please. 
What's going on with Andre? Please, look, no, look me in the eye. I've always known, I thought you, I've always known you to be a man at least. Look me in the eye and tell me what's going on with Andre. We want to know. You don't understand, man. I worshiped the guy. He was like a friend, man. Everything, everything he was, I wanted to be like him. I watched him nationwide TV. That's the reason I'm here. But wait a second, I thought he's your best friend. I thought so. I thought so, man. Like I said, that's why I'm here. I patterned my whole life after him, man. The courtesy, the way he treated people in and out of the ring, man. The way he was a good sport, brother. That's what I wanted. He's in disbelief. He's got um, that uh, broken necklace and the torn shirt. He says uh, that Andre tore his heart out. Um, I can't remember if he says this here, but he definitely says it a few times that he tore the heart and soul out of all the Hulkamaniacs. Um, and, you know, Piper asks him if he's going to fight him at, at WrestleMania 3, which at this point is kind of strange. You know, they're they're well on the road to WrestleMania, James. It's the middle of February. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's nice having an ability to WrestleMania without people saying, we're on the road to WrestleMania like every 30 minutes. Yeah, I don't remember them pointing at a sign at all. So, <laughs> I uh, didn't even see one hanging in the arena. Like, how did anybody know what was on their mind? <laughs> but uh, I got to say, uh, Hogan's answer to this might be uh, when I became a Hulk Hogan fan. When I, when I kicked, uh, you know whoever um evil <laughs> off of my top 100 list and put hulk hogan on there so we've got piper's pit if you remember from if you were listening last episode andre just turned on hogan um this was i i removed all my notes from the prior episode was this a week <laughs> after a couple it weeks? aired a week after the uh Hogan shirt ripping episode, but it very clearly was filmed like 30 minutes to an hour later because Hogan wasn't changed at all. So you're saying Hogan was wearing uh, yellow briefs and a yellow tank top and <laughs> he yellow may have still had the crumpled up shirt in his hand. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Oh yeah, you know I thought I thought that I'm an idiot, James. I was like. What a weird thing to just carry around for a week. Like, he's just like in such disbelief about uh, the heel turn that he's just been carrying his torn up tank top around. But yeah, that <laughs> makes a lot more sense that they just recorded them in succession. But, but they treated it like, you know, it was the next week, right? Yeah. Yeah, I think they did. All right. So, yeah. So Piper kind of. Starts out by running down the situation, uh, going through the history of the trophy, saying both guys deserve the awards that they got. Jesse came on, stirring things up, and the next thing he knows, Andre is coming on Piper's Pit with Bobby Heenan and challenging Hogan. <laughs> and then Piper goes, ain't that the damnedest thing? <laughs> um, I don't know why. Those little Piper random things always make me chuckle. Um so, yeah, he said he followed Hogan to his dressing room. Hogan was looking down at the floor, and Piper said he'd never seen Hogan like that before. So he asked Hogan what happened out there, and Hogan looks up, 
and Piper goes, his eyes were all steamy, which I've never heard that expression before for someone that had been crying, right? So it's a perfect way to describe it, but it still made me chuckle. (laughs) Yeah. And he said Hogan just kind of put his head between his knees, and Ronnie asked him if he was going to come on the pit to kind of talk about what had just happened. And he said... Hogan just sort of looked at me and didn't say anything. And then when Rice explained this, Hulk Hogan walks out and Piper stops mid-sentence and introduces him kind of grandly to the crowd. When I saw him with Heenan, you're right, man. I knew it changed. When he was Heenan, I knew he was a different man. I knew Heenan had got to him. I knew something was different. We used to fight for the same things. We used to fight because we believed in the straight and narrow. And when I saw it with Heenan, I knew it was jealousy, greed, the money, something had gotten to him, you know. But when he pulled the shirt, man, when he ripped the cross off my chest, he didn't just tear it off. He dug in and tore my heart out, man. Why didn't you just take a stake and drive it in my heart, Andre? And you know something? Now that he's with Heenan, it's all changed, man. He's different. Tell me yes or no. Are you or are you not going to fight him in WrestleMania 3 for the World Heavyweight Championship? Yes or no? Yeah! He says the word yes, but he says it like only Hulk Hogan can do. Um, I figure maybe we could just put that in there. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. absolutely. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's like I said, it's it's a month away, which is just kind of crazy. Uh, looking back, just to the um, Heenan and Andre interview, uh, what what was that from, James? Was that it's, from? Um, the... the, this is Superstars of Wrestling. Okay, and uh, the Saturday Heenan... morning show. If you don't know, <laughs> love it. So Heenan comes out, and he's basically at this point um, kind of saying that he is the mouthpiece. You know, if anybody wants to talk to Andre, they have to talk to him. Uh, one, one thing I love about this, you know, I love crowd reaction is the crowd is just booing in, intensely the entire time that he's talking. Yeah, <clears throat> yeah that was great. And that's great. They already hate Heenan, right? I mean, it, so I, it's just like putting uh, Andre with him makes it even worse. Um, mm-hmm. They've got Captain Lou out there, which... That was cool. Yeah. So it starts with Heenan kind of, again, like Josh, like you said, he's speaking for Andre and Heenan, the way he's talking, you can tell, okay, this is what he was whispering in Andre's ear. This is where he's corrupting him like, is it Vortem? Who's the guy that corrupts the king in Lord of the Rings? Um, Theoden. Theoden. Wormtongue. Okay. And he corrupts Theoden, right? All right, so yeah, it's sort of like that. You can tell, like, this is what he's been saying to him. Heenan said, um, Heenan said people laughed at Andre. They stamped him in the back. But at WrestleMania 3, it's going to be Andre's turn to laugh. Piper, like Hogan the week before, right, just ignores Heenan. Like, he's done with him. He knows what he's about. And... He says, I don't want to hear from you anymore. I want to hear straight from Andre. Why have you done this? 
Andre just stares at him, doesn't even open his mouth. And then, like Josh said, Captain Lou comes out, which was awesome. Captain Lou had managed the machines when that angle was going on, where Andre's in the mask. And so this is the first time where any face actually acknowledges that Andre was the giant machine. (laughs) Uh, Lou calls himself the former manager of Andre, which is how he does it. That was the only time he'd ever managed Andre. And uh, he tells Andre, you let the people down, you disgraced yourself, your family, and me, your former manager. And Andre just stays tight-lipped, you know, doesn't separate his lips at all, just stares. And Lou says, you know something? I hope that Hulk whips your butt. What do you think of that? And that sets Andre off, and he starts aggressively walking towards Lou, and Captain Lou runs away. (laughs) (laughs) Andre, what have you done? To all these people out here, to me, your former manager, listening to the halfway genius brain of the weasels, Bobby Heenan, Andre, what have you done? You've let the people down. You've disgraced yourself and your family and all the fans out there. I was your manager. I, you know something? I hope that the hope whips your butt. What do you think of that? I thought that was kind of awesome. Um, Piper kind of tries to calm Andre down, and Heenan like flips out, asking who is Lou Albano or anyone else to belittle Andre. And Piper calls him on the crap right away, saying no one is belittling anyone, but you're going to have hell to pay to get the world title. And then Piper walks out and while he's walking out after that line the crowd starts cheering the you're gonna have hell to pay to get the world title line and they show a close-up of andre's face and he just sort of like side eyes the crowd almost saying like you turned on me so quickly yeah all i've done is you know call somebody out on their nonsense the way he views hogan and people are already cheering against him and again, this is just one more great angle in a series of them. The Captain Lou stuff was cool. Andre glaring at the crowd. This was all great. Mm-hmm. All right. So after this, Josh, you ready for the contract signing? I love it. So, yeah, they got the classic um, sitting across from each other at the table, um, signing the contract because, you know, they have to have it on camera for it to be <laughs> a- official. Um, <laughs> right. No one gets slammed through a table. <laughs> He's uh, Hogan is staring at at Andre, um, just super freaking, you know, just intense. Um, Heenan's kind of jawing, saying that Hogan never gave him an opportunity. Um, just just being Bobby Heenan, just being obnoxious. And Hogan finally breaks and says, "Just sign it if you're going to sign it." Would you please sign on the dotted line, Mr. Rusimov? Whoa, whoa, whoa. Slow down here, Mr. Tunney, Mr. President. A few things I want to go over with you first. Fine. When we had a discussion about this championship belt, yes. I want a new championship belt. That's a great... This one was made and designed for this human being, and I use that term very, very loosely. I want one made that will fit a man, fit a giant of a man, somebody that can represent the world of professional wrestling, not like this man. 
And another thing, I just want you to get one thing straight, Hogan. Fifteen years this man's gone undefeated. The three years you've been world champion, you've talked behind his back, you've laughed at him, you never once gave this man an opportunity. Now he's got that opportunity. Sign it if you're gonna sign it! If you wanted a title shot, all you had to do was ask me. I'd have gave you anything, man. Andre, you were bigger than the world title to me. Yeah, I'll sign it. I'm gonna get your attention to it at WrestleMania. When you tore my shirt off, man, when you tore the cross, you tore the heart and soul out of all the little hogsters, man. Not just me. We're gonna get your attention, man. Andre says, do you think I... I, I kind of couldn't fully understand him, but... I think he says, do you think I taught you everything? I didn't believe me. WrestleMania will be your last lesson. Essentially spinning it as if he was the um, the coach to Hogan, you know, the one that made him a star. Uh, yes. But, but, uh, but, you know, he didn't teach him everything. He's got more to to show him at WrestleMania 3. Now you sign a contract. You think I tell you everything you know in professional wrestling? But I didn't. And believe me, WrestleMania 3 will be your last lesson. Et ça m'a fait vraiment plaisir de faire, crois-moi. Est-ce que pour la dernière fois... Speak to me in English when you talk to me. As far as I'm concerned, it's not signed in ink. It's signed in blood. If you want me to speak in English, I will speak in the ring in WrestleMania. Au revoir. And then, <laughs> more, more hyperbole. Uh, Hogan says the contract isn't signed in ink, it's signed in blood. <laughs> Which is <laughs> so weird. <laughs> uh, also, I liked when Andre, you know, after he said WrestleMania will be your final lesson, he just started speaking French apropos of nothing just to be a douchebag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and Hogan goes, speak to me in English when you talk to me. <laughs> yeah, that was, yeah, that was, uh, he's the real American, you know. Goes, yeah. <laughs> The contract signing, um, I thought it was great. When they start the shot, you know, there's like a dozen people, and they're all having side conversations like all at once, right? So even the people like deeply involved with like making this happen with the event, like they're all excited. They all can't stop talking about it, even as it's happening, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, at the table, me and Gene sort of moderating. Uh, he's sitting by Hulk Hogan. Jack Tony's at the head of the table, and then... Bobby Heenan and Andre are on the other side and Heenan again, like I think like you just brought up starts running his mouth, you know, and this is the first time they bring up uh, where Bobby Heenan has demanded that a new world title be made that will fit around the waist of Andre the giant. And Tony says like, that's correct. We've agreed to that. And this becomes a theme for the next like three weeks going into WrestleMania. Yeah. Yeah, I thought so, that was yeah. interesting. I don't remember that happening. Well, they say it's never happened prior, but I don't even remember it happening after the fact. I know the uh, the conceit is that Andre is so big that you know if he wins, he wouldn't really be able to put the title around his waist. Um, mm-hmm. So they've got to just kind of have one at the ready. Yeah. Yeah, and that, like you said, that comes up later. That becomes a talking point. I remember being a kid. This is like when I first started watching wrestling. Like I'd seen a Saturday night's main event in November, which was like my very first time ever. 
And so not knowing how to read a TV guide yet, I was seven years old. Um, and TV guide, like what came with the newspaper at the time. I remember like accidentally finding wrestling one Saturday morning and being so excited. And it was, I think, around December 86. And then I would look for it and I couldn't find it again because like I'm just learning how to read time and things like that, you know. So <laughs> I found it again around early 87. And this is when I figured out how to start watching it every week, right? And so this is right around when I started watching it every week. But I remember seeing the Andre World title and in my seven-year-old mind kind of reasoning out like, okay, they already made the world title. He That means he's going to win, right? Because they wouldn't have spent all that money if, if he wasn't going to wear the belt. Yeah. Does that mean Andre's going to win? Definitely looked that way. Um you know, it, at that point, I'm sure people weren't attuned to all the the swerves or, you know, that kind of stuff. So yes. it definitely yes, just I, looked like, well, that's happening. And he's gigantic and undefeated for 15 years. So it's not that far-fetched. Right, yeah. And my dad had told me, like, it's, you know, it, it's not real. It's a TV show. It's fake, which didn't deter my love for it at all. You know, it's just like, this is the most awesome thing. And I still would get totally wrapped up in it like I would a cartoon, you know. But, um, so yeah, contract signing, it's really great. And so after Hogan does the whole it's signed in blood thing that Josh brought up, <laughs> the extra hyperbole, Andre kind of stands up. And actually, this is where he says, you know, you think I taught you everything I know, but I didn't. And at WrestleMania, it'll be your final lesson. I think this is where he says that. And then he says, au revoir, just to be a douche and walks off. <laughs> I love Austria it. Giant. Yeah, he's such a good heel. Like, people always talk about his size, but his heel work here, I thought was really great, this whole feud. Yeah, I, I kind of thought, like, what took him so long? I mean, I think you mentioned last week that it wasn't actually – his first heel turn right at some point mm -hmm. he was a heel prior but it definitely the way that they angle it is that he's been a you know a fan favorite um guy that loves the children all that stuff for 15 straight years with no with no heel turn yes all right so um, um can i bring up an interview that uh we skipped over Sure. All right. So I couldn't find this on the internet, um, but I have this on a uh, recording that I transferred to DVD. And so essentially, it's the week where Hogan accepts the challenge. Okay. Mm -hmm. They do just not in front of the crowd, just one of those old 80s backstage interviews with Mean Gene and whoever. And he's interviewing Bobby the Brain Heenan by himself. Okay. And so I really wish I could have found this, but Heenan gives some good context here uh, for the heel turn. And so Heenan says people need to understand that for years, um, as long as Hogan stayed close to Andre, glad handed him, picked up a few tabs, Hogan figured that Andre would never want to get in the ring with him. And then he says, and the poor guy was like that. He just let Hawk do whatever he wanted until I opened his eyes. 
to what you really are, Hogan. You're a miserable coward. You called him an animal, a freak behind his back. And then now Hina's getting worked up. He's like, you like that? Freak! You like that? That's what Hogan said about him. That's awesome. Yeah, and he said, he used, and like, Gene's like, wait, wait, Hogan was Andre's friend. And Heenan corrects him, goes, he used the giant. On the 29th of March, we're using Hogan. And that was the closing line. I thought, like, man, what a great way to kick off, like, the official, this is happening, you know? Yeah. I thought that was great. So, so what was that on? I'm sorry. That was also the Saturday morning show. That was oh, the okay. episode, I believe, where Hogan accepted the challenge. Okay. And that was just, like, the last thing in the episode. Like, all right, we're going to talk to Bobby Heenan now that this is official. That's not um, on the network? They had super no. Shows. It, it, yeah, it's for whatever reason, like, so Superstars is not on the network except for, I think, from 1992 on. And there's a lawsuit reason for that. Some guy owns the trademark to Superstars of Wrestling, which is what it was called. Gotcha. So they can only show things from when the show changed its name to Superstars by itself. Yeah. It's all very weird. And, yeah, it's kind of this like weird story where the guy wanted millions for that name Man. and WWE wouldn't pay it. And now he's apparently said like, well, I mean, at first, yeah, I wouldn't like however many millions, but I'll take just like one million or 750,000 now. I want to leave some money for my kids or whatever. And they I think they're just like done dealing with him like they tried for years and they're just like, no, we're. And so the theory is that he'll leave it to his kids and that they'll deal with his kids that's i think what people are thinking gotcha but yeah so anyway that's not on the network all the stuff that we're doing from the 80s like it's what they put on the primetime wrestling episodes Mm -hmm. which uh yeah they would re-air some stuff from the saturday morning shows sometimes and yeah that interview didn't make the cut i guess i don't think they would re-air interviews from saturday morning i think they did their own for primetime Okay. So, yeah, anyway, sorry. No, you're fine. Well, long-winded. So we're, we are going to talk about an interview here that we found on YouTube where it's me and Gene interviewing Andre the Giant and Bobby Heenan. Mm-hmm. Or just Bobby Heenan. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Gene asked Andre a question, and Heenan jumps in. So it's like, hey, dummy, you want to talk to Andre? You deal with me. I'm doing the talking for us. Yep. So... Is this a um, Paul Heyman, Brock Lesnar kind of thing where, I mean, what what is this? Is this just trying to make Andre look uh, menacing because he's not talking that much? Or is it he's not that great of a talker, so they don't give him the mic? So Andre was a good talker in his way, right? As a good guy, he seemed very affable and very friendly. When he would get angry, he seemed angry. But that heavy French accent, I think, made him hard to understand sometimes for people. And being a giant, you know, he had that extra bass in his voice, which I don't think helped matters any. Mm-hmm. So putting Bobby Heenan with him, number one, solidified him as like super bad guy. You know, that's about the worst thing you can do in the pro wrestling world is sign with Bobby Heenan in 1987. And the other thing it gave him maybe the best heel talker in all of wrestling. Um, you could argue Ric Flair too, but 
as his mouthpiece, you know. And in addition to that, it let Andre just stay there, tight-lipped, ignoring every question. It wasn't just because he couldn't talk, because he did start talking a little at the end. But it was another extra layer to really add on. He's not even acknowledging all these people he's been friends with for years. Mm-hmm. It makes him that much more of a heel. So it's not like they were just making up for a deficiency. It became, you know what, how this could be even better. So they took something that may have been a weakness and they just made it like three different kinds of strengths. It was great. Might even add possibly a fourth. I thought like, you know, if you're a big fan of his, it might leave room for doubt. You know, he's not the one saying all these things Bobby Heenan is. And you, That's you a might, great point. might be thinking, oh, well, he's just kind of like talked him into this and he just wants, you know, a, a little bit of like envy for the belt and try to get that. But really, he hasn't turned his back on everybody. Um, you know, just leaves you that little room room for doubt that he might do the thing where he like comes back on the other side. Yes, yes. That was really cool. So in this interview, um, I like how Heenan, he starts talking to Hogan. So it's like, hey, you had a great run. You should be proud. Said he's been champion for three years, made some money, had a cartoon, sold some dolls. You've done good. You had it good. But you know you can't beat this man. And then Heenan, like Paul Heyman, that was great how you brought him up here, starts hyping him. You know, Heyman's Brock's hype guy. He's like, nobody can beat this man. It can't be done. Hasn't been done for 15 years. And... (laughs) <laughs> Gene tries to ask Andre a question again saying he wants to hear from him and Bobby jumps right in and is like you don't understand do you yeah I love that uh, fade, fade to black <laughs> Just fade to black yeah next thing on the list is Jack Tunney on Piper's Pit and yeah. Jack Tunney as they had talked about in the contract signing he had a new belt created and he reveals it to Rowdy Piper here. And it's massive. <laughs> yeah, it's big. Um, I didn't quite understand, though, James, because this doesn't, it doesn't fit Andre. Is that right? Was that just a, <laughs> like, oops? Or I think that was just an oops. Like, Andre puts it around his waist, and like, it's still too, too small, <laughs> right? Yeah. Um, I love, like, so this is Mania three times. So this is after Piper was a huge heel, right? Um, and like he had, years after, I mean. Yeah, so in 86, he had a... Again, he was gone for a few months, and he came back, and people just missed him. So they started cheering him. And oh, okay. they did this amazing angle with Adrian Adonis. Uh, he and Hogan buried the hatchet like men in a kind of cool Piper's Pit segment. And yeah, after that, he was just, like, full-on face. Because he's just, like, totally putting Hogan over every time. Um, every time they're on the Piper's Pit, it's not even pretending to be objective in these interviews. Um, but he, it, it, he says uh, Andre's got everything he wants, but he doesn't, he hasn't beat Hogan. So I, I love yeah. the going back and forth um kind of like any way you look at it it's it's a lopsided fight for both guys like sometimes it's like geez like you know 
Andre hasn't lost in 15 years. He's freaking gigantic and all that stuff. And then sometimes you're like, well, he he's done all of these things, but he can't beat Hogan. You know, it's I love the way that they're building up both superstars simultaneously in this feud. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. Uh, when Heenan and Andre come out to look at the belt close up, Heenan tells Tony he finally did something right. I thought that was cool. Kind of consistent with how Bobby Heenan always hates Jack Tunney. Um, and they bring up how there will be a real champion at WrestleMania three. And again, I thought that was cool. (laughs) Yeah. All right. So next thing, before we go to Saturday night's main event, uh, you want to touch on primetime wrestling, Bobby and gorilla. Yeah. I mean, I could watch these clips all day. It's just (laughs) random, um, clips of them. I mean, it's, (laughs) It's so 80s, and it's so, it seems very, um, what's that word, Um, just improv, like, it's just. I think it was. You know, it's usually Heenan saying something borderline untelevisable, whatever the word is, Um, and Gorilla saying, will you stop, And and then they just cut away, and I just love it every time, so. So, yeah, the, the one that I loved was, um, it's like I said, this seems improv because it makes no sense. Like, Right. And the real- scene here is that they're in the studio, and they have the belt, like, laid out in front of them. Like, again, the set is Heenan and Gorilla looking straight at the camera behind a desk, but the Andre World title is front and center. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, and uh, Gorilla says he's got two pieces of mail there uh for Keenan. <laughs> one is an invitation to hogan celebration party after wrestlemania and the other is a sympathy card which i guess meaning sorry your dude lost i don't know and right. heenan heenan says you can take that sympathy card and you can and then he just <laughs> send it to someone who needs it <laughs> amazing so good and um i like how gorilla kind of questioned like i think you said why are they even put this putting this belt on the market i mean why are they showing it on tv we don't know that we're gonna need it yeah you have to earn it yeah yeah that's great and yeah heenan gets really serious like way more serious than he ever gets on prime time and um he says that you know at wrestlemania 3 I'm going to be the manager of the new world heavyweight champion. Hogan's time is done. And again, like that's cool. Anytime he talks about this, he's very serious. He's in the zone. Yeah. There's a, another promo later on, I think where he's makes a joke and Mean Gene laughs and he's like, I'm not laughing. This is really serious. Like (laughs) he's, he's all business. Uh, He and so good. I, Bobby Heenan, to this day, my favorite manager of all time. Yeah, he can't be beat. Um, speaking of which, um, him managing people, next we have the uh, 20-man battle royal from Saturday Night Main Event. Um, a week and some change out from, from Mania. So, yeah, this is freaking awesome. Okay, I remember this as a kid and thinking... As a seven-year-old, like, man, this is one of the biggest matches of all time. Um, it's a battle royal, 20-man, with Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant in it. 
and again, they hadn't had any kind of physical confrontation. This is like a standard wrestling booking thing. If you're going to have a big match, don't let them touch. Okay, they're in a battle royal together. At some point, you know they're going to get to each other. Yeah. And again, I I was so freaking excited. I love it. They did that, you know, a lot in New Japan where they, they would do it with a tag match where, you know, you're leading up to a big singles match and the way that you kind of get a glimpse of what it'll be like is a tag match, which of course will be, you know, those two not touching for 10 minutes and then finally get into the ring with each other and do some sort of stare down. And it really just builds anticipation for the the singles match. And in this case, it being the main event of WrestleMania, I mean, it was, it was great. Um, I don't know what this battle Royal was for James. (laughs) Usually they are for something, but. The way commentary would always sell battle Royals in the eighties would be like that. There was a big purse at stake, right? Oh, Okay. So just like, all right, if there's 20 people in a match, whoever wins this match, that's going to be a big payday. Like apparently battle Royals kayfabe-wise, were a big draw yeah, for I mean, fans. You gotta, you gotta beat, like, 19 other dudes instead of just one. There you go. <laughs> there you go. And, again, on the show, they treat it like a big deal. So yeah. Mean Gene interviews Hulk Hogan right off the bat, and Hogan says he's going straight for Andre, and he says if there were hundreds of people in the Battle Royal, he would still find a way to get to Andre the Giant. And he yells, I'm going to get you for what you did. And uh, they go back to Vince and Jesse, who are always the commentators on Saturday night's main event in the 80s. And are like, I think through the time where Jesse left in 1990, um, Vince says that Hogan looks to be at his mental peak. And Jesse counters with, you mean mental moron. He's purposefully going after Andre the Giant. I think the Giant is going to send him into orbit. And then after that, Mean Gene interviews Andre the Giant. So this whole thing is really, it's a battle royal, which, again, is super cool, especially if you're a kid. I still love him today. But it's promoting Andre Hogan so well. Going into the match, you know full well who the stars are. And then they treat those two guys like, this is really all about you two. We all know it. Let's not pretend. Yeah. And uh, Gene says that Andre has won more Battle Royals than any other man, calls him the king of the Battle Royals. And once again, Heenan takes over, telling Hogan he better look out. And to this point, on TV, Andre hasn't spoken one word unless it was directly to Hulk Hogan since the Andre trophy ceremony when Hogan stormed out on set. Mm -hmm. That was the last time Andre said anything to anyone besides Hulk Hogan. When he challenged Hogan, that was only to Hogan. Contract signing, he only spoke to Hogan. Every other interview, he wouldn't talk to anybody. This time, Gene asked him for a comment. And Andre, again, he only talks to Hogan. He looks right at the camera instead of Gene, points at it, and says, And Andre, apparently you've got a little insurance policy with you tonight in Bobby Heenan. Hey, pal, what do you mean insurance policy? I want to be as close to that ring as I possibly can be, because I'm going to watch this man here, the greatest athlete in sports today, throw Hulk Hogan over that top rope to the cement floor. For three years, Hogan, you have hid from this man. Didn't once offer him a championship match. Now tonight, I know your strategy. You're going to try to hide behind all those other wrestlers. If he has to walk over every wrestler, throw everyone out single-handedly, he's going to get his hands on you tonight. All right, what about it, Andre? 
Hogan, I want you. And then he walks off. And it's just showing how laser-focused Andre is on Hulk Hogan and that he must really hate him. Yeah, I, I love it. And that, and continuing on that, when they were walking out to the – not even them, but the other um, wrestlers coming out to the ring, Vince is doing, like, such a good job at recapping everything. I mean, he's a salesman, you know? He's, like, trying to get people to buy WrestleMania three essentially. And he's just saying all of the stuff leading up to it, all of the history. And it just – I mean, it sounds like a – intro package like to wrestlemania i mean it's it's so good he's making it just sound like normal commentary you know Uh, and vince brings up the thing you brought up how some people were probably thinking you know like oh andre you know this is heena kind of brainwashing him vince addresses that thinking help but reflect back on the past relationship of these two is the announcements are made for the participants in the battle royal coming into the ring when you look back to the past i mean these two men andre and hogan they were like brothers. Introducing I mean, each helping the other out along their way, ensuring that we were both seeing things the right way. I can remember when Hulk Hogan was attempting to become champion of the world and Andre the Giant right there at his side all the way. I can remember Hulk talking about how he chose Andre as his role model in his quest for the title. How Andre would conduct himself in the company of children, his kindness to them. How he would show his sense of fair play in as well as out of the ring. His enormous pride in himself and for mankind. But I'll tell you, boy, is Andre taking a detour. And don't just blame Andre's conduct on Bobby the Brain. He didn't because down deep, Andre had to harbor resentment. He had to harbor jealousy. And whatever dark secrets Andre holds in his heart, not just Hulk, but I think I could speak for almost every fan in the world. We've all been thrown to the mat by Andre's recent actions. You know, it's like, uh, he's such a good, uh, I don't know, like at this point in time, you know, whatever, like in a vacuum, like he's just such a good storyteller. And he's, you know, making sure that he's getting in everything that he wants this story to be about. You know, that's what I love about him on commentary is he's he's it's like almost like the auteur theory right like he's the one that is directing writing everything he's um making sure that the story is the way that he wants it to be told and and it's told great so it's like a you know that's that should be how it is like he's he's getting his um his way you know and that in that storytelling and uh i just love it i love him on commentary i wish he would have <laughs> stayed there forever but uh, <laughs> I, I, I completely agree yeah he got unfairly maligned for a few years people would give him flack for the what a maneuver because he didn't know he either didn't know the names of a lot of holds or didn't call the names of all the holds but like yeah. you said his storytelling ability and his ability to convey excitement and emotion and selling the angles and what's going on in the ring he was great he was maybe second to none at that time yeah so so they get out there um Hogan, or of course, Andre gets booed. Hogan gets cheered. Uh, oh my gosh. Hogan entering the ring. Did you love that? Yes. Hogan comes out last. Andre second to last. Hogan comes out to Real American. And he gets to the ring after doing his normal, very 
exciting entrance, but when he goes to get in the ring, Andre just steps forward and blocks his path. And so right away, you have this, like, yeah. oh, moment before the match even begins. And then Hogan takes the belt off from around his waist and holds it up. And then Andre, at that point, takes a step back and, like, invites Hogan into the ring. Like, okay, come on. Come on in. Bring that belt with you because that's going to be mine in about a week. Yeah. Classic um, uh, champion move is to, to raise the belt to just be like, look what I got. Yeah. And, again, Andre just looked so bad ass doing this right yeah. Yeah, um, he he looks like a beast in this in this battle royal he does man he does so hogan gets in as soon as the bell rings the other 18 people almost all at once like half go for hogan half go for andre right yeah so they're separated right away because everyone else wants to get rid of the two favorites and as things kind of start to disintegrate there. Well, and it's, and it's Jerry, Heenan's dudes too, right? His yeah. All of his wrestlers <laughs> go after Hogan. Right. Paul Orndorff and Hercules are both in the Bobby Heenan family. They're the only two members of the Heenan family in the Battle Royal. And they both go straight for Hogan, just beating him up every time they get a chance. They're on Hogan. They're on Hogan. They're on Hogan. Which, again, great story told in this Battle Royal. It, the Heenan family working together. So Hogan throws Honky Tonk out first. Orndorff and Hercules jump him again as soon as he gets Honky out. Andre gets the second elimination, throwing uh, Wild Simone Sika, future Hall of Famer, over the top. And Sika's like a 350-pound dude. Yeah. He looks small next to Andre. Yeah, that's crazy. Then, yeah, something else I love, Sika is a heel. And so Andre throwing out a heel first is sort of this cool, like, I'm not friends with all the bad guys now. I'm taking the title. I don't care about anything else or anyone else. Yeah, I, it reminds me of like a, I don't know, like a punk heel. Like, I'm a heel, but I'm right. And like all these other guys are just like, quote, baddies or whatever, you know. Um but I am a heel because no one understands me. Like it's a little bit different than just being like an evil guy or um, a guy with bad motives. The other thing I loved is that even though, you know, Andre really only wants Hogan, every other face in the match does come over to attack Andre at some point, like they took his turn against Hogan personally. Almost like yeah. all the good guys, I think. The way I read it was, again, the way Hogan's talking, you know, like, you betrayed what you believed. You taught me what to believe. And they're all thinking, we all fight for the same thing, and you turned your back on that. You turned your back on us and, like, the cause of right. And so they all go after him to try to make Andre pay, and, of course, Andre dominates them all. Yeah. <laughs> and that's the story. <laughs> Just one by one. Um so Andre gets the third elimination, uh, this time Haku of the Islanders, and he gets the fourth elimination, which is of Randy Savage's real-life brother, Leaping Lanny Poffo. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, you want to describe it? So he's he hits his, quote, hits his head, and uh, he's head bleeding <laughs> badly. Um I, I think the kids were in and out of the room when I was watching this, and I was like, uh, 
trying to skip through it because it was it looked rough. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it's it just, a gusher. It just made him look, you know, like a monster. Andre stalking the champion Hulk Hogan. Oh no, Lynn is way there. His leaping landing. What a headbutt! He held him there. Look at he's punishing Papo. Papo over the top rope now. Andre looking down and just oh no. Ooh. He split him open with that head button and eliminated him. Yeah. And one thing awesome about this, they didn't really do blood in the late 80s, okay? That wasn't a thing that WWF did. So to see somebody get busted open, it's legitimately shocking, which makes yeah. it all the scarier when Andre headbutts a guy and it busts open. And so Andre tosses him like nothing over the top rope. Goes back to action. Well, they flash to Lanny laying on the floor, and the blood has spider webbed down his face. It's just all over the place. So this is on, um, just like national TV. Like, what is this? This is Saturday Night's main event, which would air 11:30 p.m. on NBC in place of Saturday Night Live every six weeks. Really. I didn't yeah, <laughs> and it would get better ratings on Saturday night, Saturday Night Live too. Well, I guess that's that that makes sense and um, whatever that eighty seven. So yeah, but it, but it just it, it did seem shocking seeing that um, seeing the blood like that, and I I have a hard time remembering what you know eras allowed it and what eras didn't. But seeing all the other stuff and all you know all the in between stuff, seeing like George the Animal Steel and random crap. Um, and, and finding this, you know, these um, videos and stuff, I, I don't, I didn't see any other thing nearly as gnarly as this. So it did definitely did make Andre look uh, just scary. It did. And it's also a callback to Hogan when he first came in, giving those interviews talking about why he looked up to Andre, right? Mm-hmm. And the one that we covered he specifically says that Andre could have ripped people in half, maimed whoever he wanted to, but he never did. He was an athlete and treated wrestling like a true sportsman should. <laughs> and now that he's healed, here's Andre maiming a guy, busting him yep. open, tossing him. Yeah, and when they talk, like they show Lanny going to the back on a stretcher, he's bleeding even more, and he's like curling, trying to curl into the fetal position on the stretcher. It's yeah kind of frightening looking and again it just makes andre look scarier from how laney's selling that yeah and i kind of love um <coughs> that they let him do this he it, if you don't have anything else before them but he he grabs um hogan um from behind and he gives him a headbutt and throws him out and it's kind of like anticlimactic but in a good way you know it's like a shocker like uh okay well i guess he really could win that belt that they made for him you know yeah and i it's awesome i love Vince uh on the replay you know i mean i I might find the audio for it because it's just great he's just so vince like he says there's five um andre rears back with that 500 pound frame and rams that enormous head into Hulk Hogan. Andre still, wait a minute, Orndorff over the top. Orndorff's eliminated. Andre's got Hogan. He's got him. The Giants got the champion. Big headbutt, much to the same as Papo. No, a 
Campbell. Over the top. Andre's eliminated Hogan and done it easily. Done it easily. See, this is like him putting him over even at the same time. He tells Jesse uh, he's got to agree with him that he did it with ease. Like, you know, he's just yeah. a fly, like just batting away a fly. So right. I Andre in like this great a-hole move after he tosses. And again, to this point, by the way, they both eliminated a few more guys after that. They were the only two people that had eliminated anybody, but they were just like clearing the field person by person. When he dumps him, Andre does this awesome, like he throws his hands in the air, not like in celebration, but like he's getting like some kind of garbage off them. Right. <laughs> Yeah. Like he's wiping his hands clean like he had just handled trash. <laughs> and Vince McMahon and look at Andre, like like he was handling garbage or something like that. <laughs> Andre rears back with that five hundred pound frame and rams that enormous head into Hulk Hogan. Hogan reeling from the blow. Andre gives him a toss out of the ring, and I must agree with you with these as a hookster rams his back on the apron to the outside, and look at this. Look at the way Andre responds to Hogan's exit, as if he's just so much garbage. Look at it. It takes like four referees to escort Hogan to the back because he wants back in the ring. And Andre's just standing there like yelling like, yeah, come on back. Come on back. Andre did one move, the headbutt, which totally made Hulk Hogan wilt, and then he just tossed him over the top rope after that one move. Yeah. That's awesome. Um, yeah, yeah, it was great. It was great. Also, I thought it was kind of funny. Coco Beware ran up to Andre while he's yelling at Hogan and telling him to come back. Andre, without even looking at Coco, just like threw an elbow backwards and knocked Coco halfway across the ring with it. Yeah, yeah Coco like, looks tiny. <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Um, so on the, on the flip side... Um, it takes, I think they said eight, but I, I thought I counted nine because I was looking. Um, nine dudes or so, eight or whatever, to throw Andre out. The classic, uh, we got to get the big guy out, so we got to all do it together. Um, yeah, so Andre, you know, his attention's on Hogan. As soon as he turns around, like, one of the killer bees jumps on him. And he gets stumped right away, but when Andre dumps him, like, every other guy in the ring runs over there i think and it was nine guys i think they said eight because hercules was one of the guys uh-huh. and i think he was trying to pull andre back in hercules goes on to win the battle royal um and that i mean that's it one of the cool things they did have like all the wrestlemania matches kind of going against each other here like hercules gets it on with billy jack canes coco beware eliminates the natural but Reed. But really, those were just sort of side dishes. The main attraction by far, the main course, was Andre Hogan. Well, and I even loved, you know, have the way that it ended still in a weird way helped Andre because he and The Heenan family. Yeah, Heenan, basically he won, um, Hercules won by Heenan distracting Billy Jack. So it's like the crowd still went home pissed off at heenan and his antics you know um more heat yeah brilliant so you, brilliant. you don't even remember <laughs> that andre didn't win you know you just remember uh, andre threw hogan out and heenan's on top at the end of the night <laughs> so yeah i wanted to compare this andre hogan interaction in the battle royal 
for modern more modern fans, this is sort of like Brock Lesnar against John Cena at SummerSlam 2014. Brew Lesnar just dominated him for 15 minutes straight and then pinned him. Or to go back to what we talked about a few weeks ago, it's the end of The Empire Strikes Back, where the good guys show up, they're ready to fight for what's right, defend honor and truth, and completely get their butts handed to them from every conceivable angle. <laughs> so Hogan, you know, he's psyched, he's ready, he's revved, he's going to get Andre for betraying every principle that they had, and Andre just dumps him in about. 10 seconds once he gets his hands on him. So after the battle royal, they immediately go back to Andre for an interview. I cannot believe that spectacular battle royal. Hercules coming up the winner. Andre the Giant, your thoughts on it all. I have two things to say. It takes eight prisoners to get Andre the Giant out of the ring. I take only one giant. To get Art Hogan out of the ring. Now, wait a minute, Andre. I'm going to take exception. We did it. We won the battle royal. We did it, Andre. I told you I was going to do it. I told you I was going to do it, and we did it. You know what amazed me out there? Like he says, eight, eight of the toughest wrestlers on earth to get him out of the ring. One giant, one giant took Hulk Hogan through that 300 and some pound big pile of blonde garbage out of that ring to the cement floor. The whole match, from the start of the match to the time he was ejected, Hogan hid. And you hid well, dummy. You hid behind every tough man in the world. But he walked through them all. He waded through that mass of humanity. And when he put his hands on your busted up carcass, you went out of there. Your ETA was about four seconds. And like I said, this man, 15 years undefeated, is going to remain undefeated. And by God, he is going to become the next heavyweight champion of the world. Let's go. He says um, that he remains undefeated, <laughs> which, again, is just like... It's Battle almost, Royals don't count, brother. <laughs> it's almost like, um, you know, some politicians who just lie and just people just believe it regardless i feel like that's what bobby heenan does he just says whatever he wants and just expects everybody to just believe it uh without any sort yeah. of <laughs> factual basis behind it I love right <laughs> yeah the um 15 year undefeated thing the good guys would use that line too good guy commentators so i think it was referring to one-on-one matches yeah. you know um but yeah they go to Hogan for an interview after that, and Hogan is now questioning every moment of Andre the Giant's history. Well, you know, you don't become champion of the world by doing things halfway, Andre. You don't stab friends in the back. You don't stab generations with the holsters in the back. You don't throw people with a top rope from behind, man. That's only halfway. What has it been with you, man? Has your whole life been a lie? 15 years undefeated? Did you cheat every single time you got your hand raised, man? But we were in that battle royal, man. I got a chance to test you. I got a chance to feel the 15 years of undefeated obesity, man. I can handle it, brother. It's all the spark I needed to face you in that one-on-one confrontation. (laughs) Yoga says he's ready to test Andre's quote undefeated obesity. Yeah, I had that. Yeah, that was that was weird. And uh, Hogan says that the big brother upstairs is on my side. <laughs> and and then I thought this was an awesome line. He said when Andre 
is on top of the mountain at WrestleMania 3 and feels the full force of Hulkamania, don't slip and fall because it's a long way down. Nice. Yeah, I thought that was like a really cool, like, all right, you've done it. You're here. You got the big match. But if this doesn't work out, where do you go? What Just happens next? Kind of Hadn't true. thought about that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. All right. So then so, we're back in the snake pit, which yes, yes. So Jake has it, the belt here too, the Andre belt. <laughs> yeah, he's holding it, which you know looks pretty cool with him. <laughs> <laughs> right. Is he letting the snake crawl on it? I can't remember. So the snake is in some sort of weird um, fountain-looking thing in front of them, and I think at one point Hogan puts it puts the belt down on the snake. Mm-hmm. Um, which I thought was strange because it didn't move at all, but um, I don't, yeah, I think that's about the extent of that, but um, it's just so weird. <laughs> like Looking back on this whole time of Jake the Snake, I just can't believe that it ever happened. Um, <laughs> yeah, this is like in his transition to a good guy. It's sort of like, Okay, he's a face now, but again, he hadn't really done anything to turn face, so it was still, he had this, like, kind of dark edge to him that he never really let go of, either. Yeah, there's a part, I don't I don't think it's really part of this feud, I can't remember, but I just was watching um, some, of this, some of the other matches, but where Jake gets Damien out and he um, starts to put him on the ref, and... Mm-hmm. He's like the like the good guy, and right. the ref runs away. And Vince is like upset because he wants to see the ref get a snake on him. I'm like, what in right. the world? Yeah, it's very <laughs> weird. Um, it's very weird. Yeah, I don't know. I, I would be like, if I was a wrestler back then, I'd be like, uh, this is not part of my contract that I have to let a gigantic freaking snake crawl all over me, but. There is some point where uh, Jake, I think, beats Lanny Poffo and puts the snake on Poffo, like back when Jake was a bad guy. Mm-hmm. And Lanny Poffo just looks like straight pissed. You can tell. <laughs> yeah. And Jake, I think, tries to put like the uh, snake inside Poffo's mouth and Poffo's like gritting oh, his God. teeth and he just looks so annoyed. <laughs> right. And I would be too. You know? Yeah. So, yeah, so anyway, he's on the snake pit. Um, Jake says that uh, for the first time, the odds makers do not have Hogan winning, uh, which is just a cool kind of thing. I don't don't know if they talked about it a lot back then, but you really don't hear that often in wrestling. Um, But they basically just say the size, you know, whatever, of the 15 years of undefeated is going to make Andre uh, the winner. Um, and Jake backs this up with, I thought was a really cool justification uh, of having the belt and to support the story, right? He says, I mean, let's be honest, Hulk. They never made a belt for Bundy when he was challenging. They didn't make a belt for any of the other men, the large men that you faced. They don't think you're going to win. The, like they being the front office, they right. being Jack Tunney. It's like they think you're going to lose. And um, Jake kind of says, I'm not saying I'm one of them. I keep my thoughts to myself, but which was a great Jake character moment, by the way, kind of keep that air of mystery. Yeah. Well, you got to admit, man, this is strange for me to be saying and it's strange for a lot of people to accept. 
has went so far as to make a special belt that will fit Andre the Giant. They've never made a belt for nobody else. They didn't make it for Bundy. They didn't make it for anybody. But they don't think you're going to do it, man. I'm telling you, that's what everybody's saying. Jake kind of challenged Hawk's credo, which was sort of a uh, believer versus atheist type argument here, right? <laughs> a little bit of the uh, is religion opium for the masses. Maybe some of the non-believers might think that this is the most dangerous threat to the world heavyweight title. But they don't know the whole story, man. They don't know how it all went down. How Andre the Giant was on the verge of greatness. Now he's on the verge of disaster with Bobby the Weasel Heenan. And they don't know the man like we all do. There's a lot of people sitting out there. And there's a lot of people sitting on their cans at home and saying, you know, you're out here talking about it vitamins and prayers and teach your children that maybe that's just a spare tire in your life that it's not the steering wheel and all i'm saying to you is this march 29th when worlds collide we're going to find out who the real champion is well you know first things first you can take this back because i don't need it oh yeah it's a huge belt man it's a huge belt for a huge man probably 70 inch girth around his waist and oh yeah seven foot four 550 pounds man he's a monster no doubt but you know he doesn't have what it takes to carry the whole load man to be the world's heavyweight champion you gotta live this thing man you gotta live this 24 hours a day and the burden that would go on the giant's back he doesn't have enough heart, man. He doesn't have enough guts in here to carry the load. And for all you non-believers out there that just recently jumped on the bandwagon and who may not be full-fledged Hulkamaniacs, you can play with this toy all you want until the 29th, brother. But on that day, go ahead and put it in a box because you're not going to be needing it. One of the things Jake brought up with him making the new belt, you know, you said, like, this is huge. That's a lot of gold there. Kind of implying, like, that's a lot of money they spent. Like, do you understand? They wouldn't have done this if they didn't think they would need it. And, um, again, Hogan smirks at the question that, you know, it's a crutch. And uh, he admits it's a huge belt. He says, but Andre can't carry it because to be a champion – you have to live it every day. You can't take shortcuts. And Hogan's sort of like defending his beliefs here. And Hogan says that all the non-believers can play. He calls it non-believers, like people that don't support what he thinks is like, you know, the right thinking. Like, again, like Hogan references God a lot in these days, right? Like he'll talk about the big man and he'll point to the yeah. sky or things like that, right? Mm-hmm. And he'll talk about, you know, walking the straight and narrow and doing the right thing. And he says, all the non-believers can play with this toy all they want for a while. But on March 29th, let's put it back in the toy box because we're not going to be needing it anymore. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And and that's sort of it. That's kind of it. Um, yeah, that's, that's cool little did. segment. I found these just like this afternoon. Okay. I couldn't find these. So, yeah, that was um, – these are both interviews with me and Gene Okerlund. Okay. Mm-hmm. So Gene interviews Andre the Giant. I think this is the weekend. of, And so Andre uh, is there. Heenan says he's been undefeated for 15 years. You can't beat me mentally. You can't beat him physically. And what that means is that at WrestleMania, you're going to lose the heavyweight title. And this three-year run will finally end. 
And again, Hina says, you know, like you did good. You have nothing to be ashamed of, but you got to understand, like, this is, this is it. This Sunday, this is it. And then Hulk Hogan, um, with Gene Okerlund, Hogan brings up that he'll have 93,000 Hulkamaniacs in his corner. And this is freaking awesome. Hogan says, when life comes down on you hard, when it comes down really heavy, there's a big hand that reaches down from the sky, and that's the guy I want on my side. Andre, you're fighting for the wrong reasons, addressing people, and then addressing people who say that Hogan can't beat Andre. Hogan says, I'm fighting for what's good and what's right, and you're fighting for ego. And even if I can't beat you, I can beat that. And I just thought Hogan nailed it here. Um, again, kind of framing the things like it's me versus Andre, but it's also just like good versus evil. It's somebody doing something for ego versus somebody who actually cares about doing what is morally they think the right thing. Yeah, that's that's cool. I really like um, Hogan's promos leading up to, to Mania, especially the ones at Mania, you know. He's yeah, like I don't just so jazzed up. Like just so I mean he looks like he's about to explode. Yes. <laughs> so speaking of that, Josh, man, we're here. WrestleMania three. We're finally at the event itself. Are you ready? I'm ready. All right. It, so it's first weird, thing- James. Sorry, I just gotta say I uh, like I said, not being a Hogan guy in, in the past, WrestleMania three to me always meant um, Savage Steamboat, you know, and that's mm-hmm. obviously we did that um, that feud. But I just have to I have to concede that this is way better. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, well, the feud is way better. Um, yeah, I, I and we love Savage Steamboat. <laughs> yeah, and and I I still think the match is better for that, but. Um, still, I, I I kind of like him. It's all clicking as far as like some of those matches that you love that I don't, where it's like a um, spectacle, you know, more than like a technical match. I sometimes those just aren't my favorite as far as like uh, like a Brock versus Goldberg or something like that. But okay. seeing the build up again is so beneficial um just imagining being a kid watching this in 1987 like you're you don't give a crap about freaking randy savage and steve you know all you care about is this match and uh it's it's well worth it. i mean the like i said the match isn't like a five-star classic but it's it's it definitely delivers yeah, and this match, I mean, to put it in context, it's not Super Superman versus Lex Luthor. It's not Batman versus Joker. This would be like if Batman turned evil and then challenged Superman. Yeah. That's a good way to put it. All right. So, yeah, this was the dream match. Again, it's one of these things where I'm not even sure if people would have known that they wanted to see it. And then when it happened, it's like, oh, my goodness. Oh, this is bigger than anything. <laughs> yeah. All right. So WrestleMania three, I I was texting with Josh today. I didn't even realize. So I went back to give these interviews a final watch. 
I thought there was one interview with each guy. There are two interviews with each guy on this show, which is great. It makes the main event feel like an even bigger deal the night that it's going to happen. Yeah, especially because, like, the the show isn't that long. You know, it's not like it's, hey, we're six hours in. Let's remind you what the main event is. I mean, it's uh, it's not like that. They have ones near the beginning, and then they have essentially what they call final thoughts uh, before heading out to the ring. Uh, yeah. I used to... I used to love those. I feel like they never do that anymore, but they, I always love Brett's, you know, right before, right before a match and he's all in his leather jacket, he's ready to go. And he's just kind of given his little lines right before he goes out, get you excited for it. That, Like I said, they never do that anymore. You never see, I mean, maybe like on a raw or something, but for a pay-per-view, they never do that. I, unless I'm blanking, but, um, but I love it here. They, they, like you said, it's like you just had an all-time classic uh, with Savage Steamboat, and you're you're reminded again, like holy crap, there's even more. You know, um, the biggest feud of the last five years or something is about to to pay off. So, so the first um, interview, Keenan um, says that Hogan's never met a bigger. Um, athlete than him, Hulkamania is over, Hulkamania is dead. Um, <laughs> I love, he says, Hogan had good three years, but nothing to look back on. Like, what? <laughs> like, totally just trashing Hogan. Hulk Hogan has never been in the ring or met a man bigger than him, stronger than him, taller than him, that weighs more than him, and with a burning will inside more than Andre the Giant. You see, Hogan, few short hours from now, that clock is ticking, and it's ticking in our direction, not yours. Hulkamania is over. Hulkamania is dead. The door's going to be shut on the history books of Hulk Hogan once and for all. There is a new heavyweight champion of the world, the odds-on favorite in Las Vegas and all over the whole wrestling world. They're picking Andre the Giant. Nobody can defeat this man. Nobody even can come close to defeating this man. And Hogan, I know what's happening to you now because it's happening to me. The butterflies are in my stomach. The adrenaline's flowing through my veins, and I'm getting ready because I'm going to manage the heavyweight champion of the world. And Hogan, hey, you had three good years. You got nothing to look back on, but it's all over. Andre the Giant, the new heavyweight champion of the world. You know, Hogan's like the biggest superstar in the world. <laughs> and for him to be like, oh, he's got nothing to look back on the last three years. I mean, literally taking wrestling to places it's never been before. You know, just being so dismissive of all of that. <laughs> right. Amazing. It's so good. So I guess after that one, we have Hulk Hogan with Vince McMahon, right? Yeah. And oh my gosh. I Again, when I watched this, I texted Josh right away like, this is incredible. <laughs> yeah, so, this one is awesome. We knew this show was my last ride, man. Yesterday when I finished hanging back, when I jumped on the Harley, man. Nothing. All I have to do is merely 
saying the prayers eat the vitamins. And to beat me, man, you've got to beat every Hulkamaniac, every little holster in the world, everyone that plays it straight, all the ones that don't take any shortcuts, brother. And they usually say, if the dirty air don't get you, the politicians will. But in this case, it's going to be Hulkamania. And the reason it's going to get you, man, it's the purest form of the truth there is. And I can't wait to see you go down at the feet of Hulkamania in front of 90,000 plus in the Silver Dome. What you going to do, Andre the Giant, when the real truth, the 24-inch pythons and Hulkamania runs wild on you? Man, I was like 10 out of 10. Like, I am ready to watch this match after that promo. Yeah, and that's like early on, you know. It's like a, I feel like people were like, let's get through all this other crap so we can get to the main event. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, they're really so. Yeah, they really were. They really were. Next thing, and this is like right, like Josh said right before the match, Andre the Giant. Me and Gene interviewing Andre and Bobby. And Andre talks here. And I thought Andre was so badass and so freaking cool giving this interview. <laughs> yeah, this is... Um... Sorry, I was finding my spot. Um, he's not going to take... Basically, he's saying it's not going to take too long to get that belt around his waist. He's very... very again, dismissive of Hogan. Um, Heenan says Andre is going to make him famous, which is awesome. And mm-hmm. yeah, I, yeah, I love, he said that a side... few times. Like, like he's not already all over TV, but um, <laughs> I guess if, if Andre wins the belt, he's going to be even more famous. I don't know. Yeah. Yeah. And I loved Andre's like, First line out of the gate, he goes, Gene, see me now. You see me now. But in a little bit, I'm going to come right back here in front of this camera. And believe me, it won't take too long. Which, again, reference back to that battle royal, he gave Hogan one move and dumped him. And Hogan was down on the ground for a minute or two. Yeah. And so Andre being this confident just reminds you, like, Okay, yeah, we've only seen them interact once, and Andre completely dominated him. <laughs> so that's super cool. Uh, Gene calls it the biggest match ever, er, the biggest title match ever, and that is not hyperbole. <laughs> right. For once, it's like, yep, that that's about right. <laughs> yeah, there was another, I think it was one of those Heenan monsoon things where he says that he put together the the biggest match in history and whoever the baby face was was gorilla or mean gene said that they agreed with him because you know it's true (laughs) like you can't deny it so yeah and after andre talks he is just going like i can feel it i can feel it i'm ready hogan you better be ready and he is so excited he actually like clenches his fist and like shakes his arms in place you know he's just like rev to the max it's great uh they do this brief history of the feud after that which was pretty well done you know they just showed like 10 15 second clips of about six different segments maybe five six segments and it told the story great it was cool i like that that was like a um what was those the wrestlemania intro packages 
Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I sort of wish, again, like, back in 87, you know, it didn't have music or anything like that, right? Right. I do wish that for the super big pay-per-views like WrestleMania, they would do something to differentiate the main event match package from the other ones to make it clear, like, okay, this is the big deal tonight. Because they really don't. They're all sort of like three-minute. They're incredibly well done, but they're a little too similar sometimes, I think. Gotcha. Yeah, that's just personal opinion. I might be alone there. But so the last thing is uh, the second Hulk Hogan interview. This one is with Mean Gene Okerlund. And (laughs) Josh, do you have notes on this? So for this one, he, yeah, he says he snuck in early last night um, because the Silver Dome is in danger. Not the 90. Plus ninety thousand plus inside, but the ninety thousand plus outside, um, essentially because the the whole earth is gonna shake uh, when, <laughs> when he gets his hands on uh, Andre the Giant. Pretty awesome. Yeah, that was awesome. Great Hogan over the top stuff. Yeah, and then after that, all we got left is the match. Yeah, it's Bob Euchre. Uh, the special ring announcer does a great job. Yeah, he's a great basketball announcer. <laughs> that was that was uh who was, was that who Jesse's was line? Jesse, yeah. Yeah. Um and, and then, Jesse does this really cool tail of the tape thing for Hogan and Andre. I thought that was great too. <laughs> the roof of the Superdome about to explode here as the Hulkster greets. And these 93,000 plus greet him. You're looking at the greatest professional athlete in the world today, the world's heavyweight champion. For right now, Gorilla, he may not be a few moments from now. Let me run it down. Hogan, 6'8", 294, neck 21, chest 58, biceps and a phenomenal 24 inches, forearms 18, wrists 9 inches, hands 13 and a half, thighs 30 and a half, calves 20, the tail of the tape. And again, Andre coming down to the ring, he's waving at the crowd, and people are throwing, like, garbage at him. Yeah. He's so hated Which, going into this match. Random uh, thought, James, but I did go back and watch that Kamala match again, the okay. ending, and they the crowd did throw garbage at uh, Andre. And that was they be- did? Yeah, before he turned heel, it was just the fact that he was even like possibly questioning the almighty Hulk Hogan in the middle of his uh, <laughs> celebration routine. So, yeah, I was I was like watching something else that was right after something like that. I was like, oh, I'm going to check that. And sure enough, yeah, they were throwing garbage because wow. don't mess with uh, Hulk Hogan. When Bob Euchre says, and now his opponent... And before the music hits or anything, the place just starts cheering so loud. They're so ready to see Hulk Hogan. Yeah, it reminds me of uh, like when Cena was at his height, you know, and you knew they always did that like pause before they started his music and just like yeah. the anticipation of it, mm-hmm. um, of his entrance is, is great. CM Punk's Money in the Bank entrance, they do that, and it's yeah. amazing. 
Yeah, I always love when they do that. But yeah, the yeah the crowd's already freaking dying for their for their man. Um, yeah, he comes out very uh, very Hogan like, you know, doing the the moves and everything, and he's he's he, ready. Yeah, he looks like a monster slayer here. He walks out. His real Americans playing. He turns around, throws both his arms up, and they just have this great tight wonderful camera shot hulk hogan and you see him surrounded as much as you can see on camera by these ninety-three thousand people jesse ventura starts going over hulk's measurements for the tail of the tape his arms you know a phenomenal 24 inches and jesse puts it out blunt he says this is the biggest match of the history of professional wrestling Right off the bat, I'm like, I already love this match, and they haven't even rung the bell yet. Yeah. You can see them talking back and forth, right? Kind of, Andre's, actually, Andre's not saying anything. Hogan is, like, mile a minute, just, like, getting progressively angrier and angrier. The more he stands there, the more he talks. And Andre, just like in the pre-match interview... Cool as a cucumber, not getting riled up, not shaken. Just like, yeah, I'm here to take the title and I'm going to do it. And that's no big deal. And so Andre finally throws a fist. Hogan blocks it. One punch, two punch, three punch. And then Hogan goes for the body slam. And this ends up being the most important spot of the next nine months. Mm Mm-hmm. What's Hogan saying to him, I wonder? What could Hogan possibly be saying to him? Certainly like to be able to read lips at this point. He's almost, he's hulking up right now. Shoved by Andre, and the champion retaliates. Oh, big right hand blocked by the champion. And the Hulkster unloading, going for a slam. Oh, he almost got him up. Oh, oh he collapsed. One, two. Two count two only. Count. Was that two or was that three? Two count only. Ooh, that was close, Gorilla. Shoulder was up. Oh, was that close? Andre thinks he won it just like that. Hogan is hurt. He basically tries to pick him up um, for the body slam, you know, like like Lex Luger body slamming Yokozuna or something like that. <laughs> and, and he buckles. Um, he can't do it. So 550 pounds of Andre just fall flat onto Hogan. Um, I love it because, it, you know, it's setting up the eventual um, body slam, but it's also setting up the the excuse or whatever for... The controversial angle that followed. Yeah. So, we'll, so when Andre falls on top... Yeah, go ahead. I just said... I was just going to say we'll get to that, but yeah, after, the, after that, he just kind of takes over um, and starts just beating on Hogan. Yes. And again, this is about a, it's not a super long match, but it feels epic from how it's worked. It's worked incredibly intelligently. And Andre pretty much dominates the whole match, right? Mm-hmm. They yeah, kind of build. He's working on his back. You know, they did that thing where, um, I don't remember if it's Jesse or Vince, but they say that he, Hogan's back went out when he tried to lift up um, Andre, sorry. And uh, so then, of course, Andre's working on his back for the next five minutes. 
Yes. And when Andre fell on top of Hogan, the referee counted one, two. And because Andre's so big, you can't really see what goes down. But the hand, you just see it disappear behind Andre. And you see Hogan lift a shoulder. And then Andre just gets on his knees and puts his hand in the air. And the referee says, like, no, two. Andre kind of reiterates, like, three. And the referee again reiterates, like, two. And, like, I think he does, like, a three-fourths thing or something like that. And Jesse on commentary is like, oh, that was close, Gorilla. But, again, that's what put out Hogan's back, right? Yep. And so Andre, again, body slam. He does a bear hug. They stay there for a few minutes. And... Again, one of the things I don't like about the Sid Undertaker main event at WrestleMania 13, you and I had spoken about it in a previous episode, is they do a bear hug like 90 seconds in. And I, in my head, I'm like, oh, this is so boring. When it's Hogan and Andre, I don't find it boring at all. I'm super excited by the bear hug spot. Yeah. Because the crowd's just like buzzing going nuts hulk hogan selling it like a madman and because andre's andre it just looks incredibly impressive with somebody that big just squeezing the life out of you yeah i thought essentially this is the best bear hug um ever in the history of wrestling yeah yeah the wrestlemania 4 poster is a picture of this bear hug. It's how good it looked. Yeah. Yeah. So, so you definitely think that it's possible, you know, mm-hmm. they get outside the ring. I think Andre tosses Hogan out and Andre goes for a headbutt again. Like he puts Hogan against the ring pose and he goes for a headbutt and Hogan moves, which is Hogan's first offense of the match is actually a defensive maneuver. Right. Mm-hmm. And so, Hogan then, again, he's been dominated this whole match so far, starts moving the mats out of the ring, right? And uh, outside the ring. So it's just the concrete. And this is kind of showing, okay, Hogan's desperate here. Andre's been kicking his butt. And Hogan goes for a pile driver on Andre the Giant. Which, which is, is insanity. So weird. I'm like, <laughs> right. there's like a million moves and you pick this one. <laughs> the pile driver on Andre. He couldn't even like fit his arms around his waist. Yeah, I don't know what he was thinking anything. there. Right. So Andre, of course, just like backstraps Hogan and Hogan lands back first on the concrete that's exposed. Right. Yeah. And uh, I like Andre that throws. Spot it, sorry, it, it makes him seem like he's um losing his mind you know like he's so invested in this that he just is making dumb mistakes and uh I, with yeah, his I back messed up i mean that's like a no-brainer that you're gonna get back body dropped onto the onto the concrete on your messed up back but he's just so <laughs> over overcome with with rage that he's gonna do it anyway yeah and he's been beaten up so bad that he's in that fight or flight mindset. He's like, I am dying out here. What is the most violent thing I could do to this person? Yeah. And it's like, okay, concrete pile driver without really thinking because he doesn't have the sense here in that moment. Like, oh, this is Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Andre tosses him back in the ring and tosses Hogan into the ropes and goes for a boot, which 
again, for years as a good guy, Andre's typical finishing sequence was he would hit guys with a boot. They'd just like fall down flat in front of them. And then Andre would just sort of like lift that foot in the air again and then just let all his weight drop down in a vertical splash, like butt to chest, like uh, the earthquake used to do, right? Except instead of yep. running the ropes, it would just be he'd lift his leg and there'd be this like, oh, and then Andre would just drop and it just boom, would look brutal, right? Mm-hmm. So Andre goes for the boot to set that up and Hogan sidesteps it. And then in like this really cool, super awesome storytelling moment, when Hogan sidesteps it, he starts running faster to the other side of the rope. Okay. Bounces off. Andre turns around and Hogan yells like, ah, and he throws a clothesline with like all the strength he has left. And he hits like he puts so much strength into it that Hogan actually tumbles forward and falls just from how hard he threw this clothesline. At least we won't get a count out. I did not want to see any count out. I want to see a winner. Absolutely. Andre now with an Irish whip in. He missed the foot. underneath that. Oh, he dropped, he dropped the big guy. Look at Heenan. He's been out of shape. That's the first time I think that the Giants ever been knocked off his feet like that. Look at the look on the face of the champion. He's hooking up, Jess. I don't know if he's got enough left in him. That adrenaline can do wonders. And Andre goes down, grabs his head. Bobby Heenan starts flipping out. And Pontiac, Michigan is going insane. They're so excited. Hogan, he brings himself to his knees. And he sees Andre down. And he looks at the crowd. And I think he looks up. And then he just starts, like... Like, you know, we, we call it the Hulk up, right? right? That we all know what that is now. But he's on his knees and he just starts like shaking and like shaking his arms. This may have been the first time he did that. I'm not That's positive. Yeah. Not quite the more cartoonish thing that he would do later on. But this is like him just getting all the strength he can, you know. Mm-hmm. And so Andre stumbles to his feet. Hogan's on his feet. And he just starts, like, nodding. Hogan's, like, going, yes, yes, yes. We're seeing what this guy is really made of. What he is. The greatest professional athlete in the world today. Look at this. He's He's I don't believe it. I don't believe it. Oh, dropping a big leg. Over for the cover. It's over. Unbelievable. Hulk Hogan in the most famous spot to this day of the history of professional wrestling body slams Andre the Giant. Yeah. He, and then he runs. He gets all of it, too. I mean, it's, it's not like, oh, yeah, sure, he got that. But, I mean, he really gets him up. Yeah, yeah. Like, you know, the Lex Luger slamming Yokozuna, Yoko's sort of sideways the whole time, and it's still impressive. Yeah. But this is like Andre's feet are you know, at a 90 degree degree angle above his head. Like it's a straight line and Hogan slams him. And then Hogan runs off the rope, drops the leg. One, two, three. 
Hulk Hogan has pinned Andre the Giant for the first time in 15 years. A few seconds, Jesse goes, I never thought it could be done, Gorilla. Somebody had just pinned Andre the Giant, Pontiac, Michigan. Again, for that body slam, phew, insane how loud that pop is. Yeah, and, and I love that he doesn't immediately you know, try to blame it on something he's he's given the credit. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's a crazy moment. The crowd is just mm-hmm. going bananas. Yeah. And so when Hogan gets the three, you know, he, he gets up and he just holds like three fingers in the air. Like that was three, that was three that beat Andre the giant. Andre has lost again. He can't stop holding up these three fingers. Like he's, you know, just like almost just showing everybody, like this really just happened. I mean, Andre he, really just yeah. lost. He's he's in disbelief. I mean, he's just can't believe that it actually. Like he thought he could do it, but once it happened, just kind of still in shock. Yes. Yeah. Hogan again, like. Place is going nuts. They're playing real American. Hogan points to the sky. You know, he this whole time, you know, he was talking about how Andre had to face the truth. And essentially, there were a lot of spiritual overtones in this feud, you know. Um, and Hogan sort of saying, you know, like, you've essentially done wrong by the code that we live in in this world you know you mm-hmm. have dishonored uh, he never came out and said like you know you've dishonored god but that's sort of like what they were hinting at a little bit do you think yeah oh for sure yeah, yeah. and so hogan doing that was sort of like you know the he caught him the big brother in the sky on my side he he survived this fight and he points up you know just like that's that's him he did he's the one that showed up today and again it's this great andre's going back on the ring cart he came down with bobby heenan's got his hand over his eyes you know just like crunched over against the ropes of that ring cart and andre is looking back and he's pointing at hogan like no this isn't done you know and hogan's just like almost like just snapping his fingers now to the music and he's smiling and he's looking at Andre just like nodding, like, "Mm mm-hmm, yep, whatever, whatever. And they go off the air. They play uh, Who's Zoomin' Who by Aretha Franklin as they go off the air. (laughs) And, um, yeah, WrestleMania three to this day, people talk about what a magical night it was. Mm -hmm. And... (laughs) <laughs> that's fair this this match for like everything it had to deliver had to deliver it delivered all of it and man i i would change zero things about this match what about you yeah no i agree i i would love to um sit down and watch wrestlemania 3 straight through because i love like the build of things and uh, like I said, with Savage Steamboat being amazing, you got Piper and everything else. I feel like this at the end of a night of awesome wrestling would just be so um, such a big feeling, you know? Yeah, 
Yeah, and it was a big show. They had a culminated a handful of feuds on this show. Uh, Junkyard Dog and King Harley Race had their blow-off. They'd been feuding for months. Ricky Steamboat, Randy Savage had their blow-off. They'd been feuding for months. Roddy Piper, Adrian Adonis had their blow-off. They'd been feuding for months. Piper had got this really goosebump kind of farewell moment. and But all of that is smaller than Hogan versus Andre. And... <laughs> I we keep saying, you know, like how incredible it was, but if you haven't seen this match, this might be this is like must watch if you're even a minor wrestling fan. You have to see Hogan versus Andre. Yeah, for sure. All right. So now match is over, events over, everybody goes home. Hogan pinned Andre the Giant. That's the end of that's the end of the story, right? Yeah. Here's the angle, okay? And this takes a while. Like, Bobby Heenan, you know, he's still hosting primetime wrestling every week, you know. He is talking about on that show sort of how Hogan didn't win. We'll have more to come on this, but Hogan didn't win. Okay. So now we fast forward to the first Saturday night's main event after WrestleMania, which was March 29th, was it? And this is in mid-May, I believe. Okay. Yeah. So they do a sit-down interview with Andre the Giant. Andre the Giant's first television appearance since WrestleMania three. And uh, Josh, you want to describe what went on here? Sure. Yeah, so they... Um, I, I want to say that it's nice to have something like this not be the next night on Raw. Um, right, I agree. I, I love you know that whole thing, like the next nine and roll vibe or whatever. But this is just such a nice change for that. From that, let it sink um, in. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's like over a month, and and um, you've got like essentially the crowd or whatever audience wondering what's going to happen. What you know? How are they? gonna talk about this is it gonna be over is it of course some sort of heel take on it and and that is what it is um heenan says yeah. go ahead i was gonna say i would argue that something that is undervalued in wrestling right now is anticipation at least in wwe and yeah. i love wwe you know this isn't crap on wwe day sure. but i do think that maybe because of the way their television is thought about and written, they don't tease things out enough. They don't let things simmer. They don't just let you sit on um, a story beat. And again, like you said, one of the cool things about this is Hogan won. And we know at some point, Bobby Heenan is disagreeing with that fact that we all saw. And they just let you sit there for about two months. Yeah. I mean, even, um, myself like I, I i didn't know what happens after wrestlemania 3 i don't i didn't watch it then and i don't wasn't sure where they were going and so it was kind of like a surprise for me um that what heenan pulls so he he basically says in the right away that they didn't lose and uh you just kind of think heenan's doing that thing where he says a lie and <laughs> expects you to believe it um, but but he, he says, I brought video yeah. evidence. And you're like, oh? And, and uh, <laughs> they they go to it, and it's that 
slam that we talked about. Hogan right away tries to body slam him, and and Andre falls on onto him. They essentially say that they got a three count there, and that uh, the officials always back Hogan. Um, Tunney is out to help Hogan. You know all that. Basically, it's all a fix. And mm-hmm. um, yeah, says there are three ways to fix it. You either award the belt to Andre, you strip Hogan of the title, or you give this man a rematch. It's that simple. Yeah. And um, I don't know. It's it's kind of like oh, it's not believable, obviously, but it's it's a compelling argument. Like he it it's not a quick two count and a pop-up, you know, it kind of does look like, hey, maybe he did get pinned there. It's not a good angle. Um, reminds me of that, uh, was it Bulldog and Sean, where they did the... Oh, the over-the-top at the end of the Royal Rumble, right? Yeah. No, I was thinking of the one where he does the, I think it's like a German suplex, and the next... Oh, um, yeah. I think it's like the next night or whatever they show the replay and basically both of their shoulders were down um, yeah. at the same time. So, yeah, so you just, you kind of don't know where, where they're going to go from here, um, how they can continue this, this feud. Uh, so, so James, our next thing is five months later. Can you f- fill us in a little oh, bit of what's happening here? Is, is there any, Andre um, Hogan rematch talk or what's going on? So Andre, I believe, uh, finishes up back surgery during this time. Okay, so he's essentially off TV, but they're talking about, you know, this dispute. And the main talking point is, you know, was that a two counter? Was that a three count? At some point they start talking about the ref's hand. It kind of becomes an accepted fact, if I recall correctly, that the ref's hand hit the mat for the third time, okay? But that he said, you know, like, Hogan got the shoulder up just before his hand hit the mat, which is why he called it two, okay? So this is going on. Jesse Ventura and Bobby Heenan are, you know, complaining about that corrupt Joey Morella that's that's always backed Hogan, you know, is the way they talk about him. And, again, on that Saturday, Saturday night's main event episode, they get Hogan's comments, and Hogan says, Andre, you want a rematch? Well, that's no problem with me, man. You know, bring it on. I, you know, I put you down once, and I'll do it again. And th- then Andre disappears, but they keep talking about this point, you know, like, did Andre really beat Hulk Hogan? And the good guys always say, like, the ref called it to, it was a two, and Andre just can't handle the, the defeat. And the bad guys would say, like, that idiot Morella counted three and lied to everybody. Andre should be the world champion. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that, again, that's the story. And we talk about things being teased out. Like you said, this took about five months. Andre didn't even have to be there. Yeah, it, that's awesome. Yeah. So Hogan kind of went on with life. He had a couple of like mini feuds to kill the time. Um, And then we come to October, Saturday night's main event. It's Randy Savage versus the Honky Tonk Man. And Josh, what did you think of this? So this, 
th- this definitely will put you at, over as a baby face, right? It's almost yeah. like what helps him is that everybody loves Elizabeth. Um, yes. So, yeah, he's, um, you know, he's getting beat up by, this is after the match, uh, by Honky Tonk and heel Bret Hart and uh, Jim the Anvil Nightheart as the Hart Foundation. Yeah. Um, yeah, Randy, uh, the justification there is like at some point Jimmy Hart, I think, jumped on the apron and Savage decked him, which again, yeah. <laughs> people are cheering like crazy. And then the Hart Foundation, the tag team champions come down because, hey, they he just decked our manager. Yeah. <laughs> deck our manager. And he, uh, Honky Tonk gets his guitar out and winds up as if he's going to hit Elizabeth with the guitar. Um, well, yeah, yeah. It's like the Heart Foundation are holding Savage after they beat him up. Savage wins by DQ. Honky gets the guitar, and how Elizabeth gets there though is like when Honky starts to swing the guitar at Savage's head, she jumps in the way to oh, protect yeah. Savage, and then Honky like stops. And again, people are going nuts. You know, they're like they're terrified at the same time. Like, no, not Elizabeth. <laughs> right, and it's kind of like her. Her doing that, like her putting herself in front, makes the the crowd think, well, he must be a good guy if she loves him that much that she's willing to do that for him. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. so that's putting him over as um, babyface. And it's, you know, he's so amazing that it's probably, probably doesn't take much <laughs> for the crowd to be like, <laughs> right. all right, we'll, we'll be on his side. Honky Tonk is such a brilliant heel, by the way, that, like, again, he gives Elizabeth this look and just starts pointing and yelling, like, you get out of the way. And she she's just, like, got her hands up. She's begging, like, please don't hit him. Please don't hit him. Honky threatens to swing the guitar a couple more times, and Elizabeth doesn't move, right? Right. And so then Honky just, like, grabs her by either her shoulder or her hair and just, like, shoves her out of the way. Yeah. And she goes down outside the ring. And again, like, he put his hands and physically enacted violence against the woman. Mm-hmm. That's what a heel move, you're, right? Yeah, it's not even questionable. You're a heel. Right. And so the Heart Foundation, like, they're laughing at it. They're still holding Savage. And Elizabeth starts running to the back. Mm-hmm. I can't believe she just did what she did in that ring with three of the crudest, roughest men in the world and a honky tonk man almost striking Elizabeth and knocking her down with that guitar. What jeopardy she placed herself in just trying to protect Randy Savage. In there with that vile creep with that guitar. Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> Elizabeth shoved down to the canvas by a honky tonk man standing over her. Look at that! What humiliation! But at least she saved Randy Savage. That's all she wanted to do, and she's done a good job of it. Elizabeth saving Randy Savage. Well, look at that, McMahon. When the going gets tough, she gets going. And then Honky gets his guitar, winds up, and bam! Cock Savage over the head with the guitar. Right? Yeah. And so. Then the Heart Foundation pick him back up, like, hey, let's do it again. That was fun. Yeah. Honky gets the guitar ready. And then you see Elizabeth walk back through the curtain. And she's dragging by the arm with her 
Hulk Hogan. Yeah, almost like reluctantly. Like yeah, I couldn't tell there if it was, you know, this is Savage's girl. I can't be in the middle of it, or if it was just Savage as a heel. I don't know that I want to help him. Um, but either way, he he didn't want to go out there, but he was doing it to help Elizabeth. Yeah, yeah. So Elizabeth had pretty much except for like her debut week or two always been a face right Mm -hmm. even as the manager of a heel and again savage hadn't done anything heroic he except for go to defend elizabeth's honor he's still the guy that crushed ricky simbo's larynx he's still the guy that cheated to win the intercontinental title he's still the guy that would humiliate elizabeth in all the interviews you know while he was champion and all this stuff yeah and now you see Elizabeth dragging Hogan out, just like, please, somebody needs to help him. And as a kid, I remember thinking, like, okay, she went to Hulk Hogan because he's got the best moral compass. He'll do the right thing, even if he doesn't like it. Yeah. And so, like you said, that's what happens here. He's reluctant. He's sort of looking around at the crowd, like, I do this, right? Like, I do this. And he sees Honky with the guitar ready to swing again, and then he rushes to the ring. Attack Randy Savage! And look at the Honky Talk man gesturing in front of Randy Savage with a hot dog. Wait a minute, Elizabeth is back! Elizabeth is coming back! What courage and what brilliance this lady has! What a purpose of mind to bring help and help she has brought in the form of this man, the World Wrestling Federation champion! Hogan starts fighting them off, and then Savage recovers, and he joins into the fight, right? And so now it's Hogan and Savage fighting off Honky Tonk Man and the Hart Foundation. And while they're fighting uh, each guy off, their backs bump after they clear the ring. And they both jump a foot back with a fist out. But they both stop and don't swing. And then Savage sort of holds up his hands. Like, you know, hold on, hold on. Peace offering. And he sticks out his hand for Hogan to shake. And he says, like, thank you. And he gestures to Elizabeth, like, thank you for, you know, helping her. Yeah. So. And Hogan looks around and he accepts the handshake and they shake hands. And Hogan and Randy Savage on the same side. This was so cool as a kid. Yeah, it was amazing. And and. It's like Hogan's stamp of approval, you know, like I said, it didn't, didn't take much for the crowd to be on his side, but with Hogan out there, it's like, okay, I'm allowed to, I'm allowed to cheer for Randy Savage now. Yeah, yeah, that's like, eliminate all reservations. If Hogan backs him, that's good enough for me, because Hogan had yeah. always done the right thing at this point. Yeah. There it is! This capacity crowd is electric! We just witnessed a magic moment! In the annals of sports history, look at this! I don't know what kind of history book you've been reading, McMahon. This means nothing to me. You know, until he moved in between him and Savage and tried to steal Elizabeth here. <laughs> Try to take yeah. his best friend's woman. How low can you go? <laughs> I, I love the, uh, the backstage after this. Um, Hogan is just like losing his mind i mean if you thought he was uh, hyped up for wrestlemania 3 he's even i mean he's like beside himself 
Hulk Hogan, what is happening? Well, you know me, Gene, we really don't know what we're dealing with here, man. And I'm just kind of a little worried about locking up here. It's all right. Because we just might blow the whole planet up, you know. I felt like he was trying to, like, match Randy Savage's, you know, his energy that he usually brings to. Uh, and think about that. How, how great is Randy Savage that Hulk Hogan is like, oh, I got to up my charisma here. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and and he does. I mean, it it works. He's almost speaking gibberish, talking about <laughs> when they get together. Um, he wasn't sure how it was going to be, but when he when he got into the ring and he saw the madness, you know, he I forget what he said. <laughs> he essentially became a believer or whatever. When I hit that ring and I saw what the madness was all about, I realized there was a whole nother universe out there, a whole nother frontier, and the power of the madness and the mania just blew my 24-inch guns out, man. You mean to tell me there is another solar system, Macho Man? Oh, unbelievable. I'm still in a state of shock right now. In fact, I don't think I'm going to be coming down for a long period of time. Yeah, reckless abandon is what it used to be, yeah. But Elizabeth opened up my eyes. And the big man right here, the big man, yeah, he endorsed Macho Man this and he gave me direction, yeah. Reckless Abandon used to be, but direction now with the mega, yeah, the mega, yeah, the mega powers, yeah, mega powers, yeah. I feel the power now. I You're feel the power right there, big man. Sure, it yeah. wasn't a hit over the head, Macho Man. Oh, no, man. I'm all right. I've never been better, yeah. Don't you worry about the hit over the head, man. I'm just worried about where we're going from here. Is it this stratosphere, man? As if, like, the only option is to go all in and become, like, Randy Savage's best friend. Like, you know, you, you couldn't just help a brother out and save him for a night and move on you gotta go all in that's that's how hogan was yeah yeah it's you know when hogan is a friend his friends are friends forever if the lord's the lord of them <laughs> and hogan's friends will not say never because hogan's welcome will not end brother <laughs> if, the, if the big man is a, a friend of them <laughs> the big dude that walks on water is the word of them. <laughs> so yeah, so now that I think they even say the uh, the phrase to the mega powers, don't they? Um, yeah, Andy Savage names and he's like, me and Hogan were like the mega, uh, the mega, uh, the mega powers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, they're they're together now, and that's. Um, that's where we're going to leave off for, for this feud um, leading into for now. still still more to come from from Hogan and Andre uh, in the next episode. But Yeah, so I'm sure if you don't know the story, it might seem weird that we went so far out of our way to talk about Randy Savage siding with Hulk Hogan when that has nothing to do with Andre the Giant at all. Stay tuned. <laughs> where yes. we're going, this is going to be important. All right, James. All right, so Josh, how are you liking like the second chapter through WrestleMania three and then up to the Mega Powers? Well, I love it. I, I gotta be um, honest. I'm, I'm not. I, I kind of almost feel like they should have just let it end there and just move mm-hmm. on to you know this angle or whatever else. Um, some of that may be 
colored by knowing Andre's health outside of, you know, um, kayfabe or whatever. I, I just feel bad. Like he, he looked pretty gassed um, there towards the end of WrestleMania three. Um, and just thinking about him being in a ring again for the next year or so uh, kind of bums me out. But, um, but no, I mean, uh, WrestleMania three was just epic. It was a, it was amazing. So I, I'm loving this. And with that, <laughs> the I, I can't remember it, James. The uh, three things you can count on in life are there are only three guarantees in life: death, taxes, and Randy Savage. You <laughs> Yes, I think limitations and Hulk Hogan working around Andre. Andre couldn't move. His back was really bad. He probably should not have been in the ring. It was a very basic match. One of the key spots in the match, actually one of the most memorable spots because it was like four minutes. Andre grabbed him a bear hug. Usually when he grabbed the bear hug, I'd jump up and he'd hold me up in the air and ragdoll me. I wouldn't let him do any of that and made sure I stood up straight so he could stand up as straight as he could. The Hulkster! Just withering away here! One more time if that arm drops, it's over! Oh it's up there! Listen to these fans! Andre knew what to do. Andre could do the basic things that he had to do. That, that didn't tax any physicality. Andre being stunned now! But they were so popular, it didn't matter what they did, there was like no way this match couldn't work short of Andre getting hurt and then being unable to continue. Andre now with an Irish whip in. 